0: But Joe, we're back in town. Yep. Road trip's over. Home game. Home game. Um, last episode was record breaker. Yeah. Huge numbers. Yeah, I wasn't, wasn't expecting that, but yeah, I didn't
1: had. think it would. I didn't think that happened at all. I have. No, I still don't know what what did that, but very was, cool.
0: Yeah, it was something else. Good. Uh, it went viral, as they say.
1: That was the first one, and now we've we've made it.
0: Maybe it'll happen again. You think?
1: <laughs> yes
0: good nice prediction <laughs> <clears throat> we are back um we are joined on today's episode of the cold and Wheel podcast by um, the voice of the lansing Lugnuts, a friend of laura's interesting guy um we'll talk a little bit about baseball being a radio announcer nick's what we have some anniversary stories oh from nick gosh, it's, this nick. is kind of the nick sub episode yeah you know, he's really the sub star of this episode he's kind of that he kind guy. of brings it to the table.
1: But. All right, yeah. You're listening to Cold Oatmeal Podcast?
0: Batter up.
2: Are we recording a new intro this season? Why? I'm just wondering.
3: Are you saying that you've had enough of Sarah Humphrey?
4: No, 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 no. I, mean, I, I love would Sarah. I like to be a part of the intro. I think that be right. nice.
0: Well, why don't we work that little line in? That was good.
3: Yeah. I'll, I'll find a spot for it.
2: Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really.
3: I was distracted staring at Joe's Cold Oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's so here day. it out of head. It's always desperate. here. It's always here. And by the way, the, the, the ratio of fruit to disgusting, like one to ten. It's got some disgusting stuff in some fruit. Yeah. There's nothing disgusting. One part what's, fruit.
1: What, what in there is disgusting?
3: I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash. Maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast?
1: What was your... <laughs> <See that. laughs>
0: okay, welcome back. This is the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Uh, my name is Matt Resch, owner of Resch Strategies. We are a public affairs and a public relations firm based in Lansing, Michigan. Uh, you can always find us at reststrategies.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Resch Strategies. And all of our podcasts are on our website. They're on iTunes and a number of other platforms. So if you happen to go there, especially on iTunes, if you could rate review, it's always appreciated. And also, uh, we have a, a little pod, a little Twitter handle for this podcast. It's called the At Cold Oatmeal Pod. Um, some fun things there. We'll get into into our poll results from from uh, last episode. Those are interesting. Yeah. Um, See if anyone's going to cry on our guest hosting question.
3: <laughs> I think other than that, one, America agreed with me
0: on what on, on, what? on
3: almost every other question.
0: Okay. So, okay. There we
3: go. Good taste. <laughs> <Yeah. clears
0: throat> Enough said. So let's go around. We're missing Stephanie again. I think she's. I think she's scheduling things to purposely not could be not be here for our recordings. But Nikki, why don't you start?
4: Nikki O'Mara, Laura Beale,
3: Nick DeLuca here. <laughs> Joe Beshi.
0: So I want to bring our guest in early uh, here, so that he can he can join us on some of these topics because I do want to do want to get his um, his input on some of this stuff. You know, we are coming to you on Thursday afternoon, which is the opening day of the major league baseball season. Uh, not quite yet for minor league baseball, but today we have um, a, a staple of the Lansing baseball sports culture, uh, Jesse Goldberg Strassler. Did I get that correct? Perfectly. Yes. Accurate. Oh,
4: good job. First time That's in a first. Three.
0: Yeah. Uh, Jesse is the voice of the Lansing Lugnuts. Um, the Lansing's minor league baseball team. Uh starting 10 years ago, right? 2009. 2009. So we it's interesting. I was putting this together. We share something in that we are we are also sh- celebrating our 10th anniversary. I was looking at this, you started with the Lugnuts in 2009. Our business started in 2009. So,
5: happy 10th year anniversary. I love it. What is that? Uh, so 50 is gold. 25 is silver. What it's is tin?
3: Tin. Tin. It's a luck.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
6: it's glamorous, How Exciting. Right? I'll go buy you some tin foil, man.
0: <laughs> is that real? It's that's you didn't real.
3: Just make Why do you that
1: know
6: that?
3: I looked it up. I was curious. Oh, okay.
4: Oh, I'm not surprised at all that Nick knows that. Yeah. Do you I just f- assume you he knows stuff like would that.
3: Would you follow those rules
1: with like an anniversary? That I do. Sold? Do you? I do. So what is a tin thing that you can get for your I, wife? It's I haven't nice. hit 10 yet. I know, so but I like, what are you going to do? I don't know. I, I'll have to put some thought into it.
5: Watch some Rin Tin Tin. Like,
3: probably not. She's a cat person, but I'll, I'll figure something out. What is, give me, what's not, or what, what are you at now? We, we just had eight. What was in eight? In December. Oh my goodness. I've got to think about it now. <laughs> what was eight? Eight was lace. Okay, <laughs> that was, this got personal. Okay, what's, what's moving like,
0: on. Jesse is also <laughs> the voice of the Central Michigan Thank University women's basketball team um, and an author of the best-selling book called Baseball Thesaurus and the Football Thesaurus. I want to get into what that is as well. Um, you can follow him on Twitter. It's at J Gold Strass. Um, so, j. G-O-L-D-S-T-R-A-A-S. That's wrong. A-S-S. I butchered all that up.
5: <laughs> so <laughs> close. <laughs> That's an question. inside joke with myself because if you take Goldstrass away from Goldberg Strassler, you're left with burglar.
4: <laughs> <laughs> what?
5: It's humor by omission. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's an interesting approach. Um Okay, so this is we're off to a clumsy start here, but this it's fine. We're this will be good. Um, so thanks for being with us. Thank you very much. Want to talk having a little me. about baseball, a little bit about what it's like to be the radio voice for a baseball team. Um, but first, we got a, little, a couple of things we wanted to follow up on from our last episode. As those who uh, may have listened, we were in Metamora uh, at the White Horse Inn for for lunch, and we talked. It's Michigan's oldest restaurant. Um, spoke to the owner there. Uh, Victor, and he, he gave us a tour of the basement and told us a number of stories about ghosts that are there at the, at the inn. And it was a couple of days later, we came back to the office, and Nick shared with us that, that he has a ghost now. That We were not quite sure if the ghosts followed him home. or yeah. well, they couldn't have, because your car died. Well, right. Maybe it snuck in the trunk before it was towed back right, to yeah, your house. It, but it
3: hitched right with the tow truck.
0: So yeah. you have a ghost?
3: Maybe. It was weird. I, I've definitely had several... You know, I, several occurrences of something that may have been paranormal. What's, what's the adjective for poltergeist? Pol, poltergeisty? What, whatever. That <laughs> I, I, I may have a, a visitor in the home. I don't know. We, I had a, we had a Keurig that turned on spontaneously and was immediately boiling hot. Um, that had been off all day and then I I had a Bluetooth speaker turn on out of nowhere with a a giant bleep it it was on a floor that I wasn't on and uh, it was a radio I wasn't using and my Bluetooth was off on my phone so weird things weird occurrences but
6: anything since those
3: no no thank god so my wife is not a believer
5: she doesn't want to be a believer
3: so maybe her uh, her disbelief has driven it away I don't know
5: Goes back in the day, they would knock books off the shelves or turn mm-hmm. things around. I like that your ghost is technological. <laughs> right. you know, yeah. <laughs> savvy. It, he's savvy. It's a millennial ghost. He's, it's a
3: gremlin, maybe. I didn't, yeah. Don't they? The gremlins mess with electronics, right? So, I don't know. I'll keep everyone posted. Good deal. Do
0: you have any ghost stories from the road? always you always hear these stories about like hotels that professional athletes won't stay in because they're haunted uh, ballparks that are old. I mean, any you have any ghost stories from the road?
5: There are not in the Midwest League, but the International League Triple A mm-hmm. has notable haunted hotels that the stories get passed along from team to team and from the older players to the younger players. Oh, you're staying in that room? have fun there, enjoy showering, just to mess with them a little bit. But yes, there are legendary haunted road hotels that if you're a player, you can't change the hotel. That's a bad look. So you just have to deal with it. Huh. Are there any in Lansing? Yes. Not that I know okay. of.
0: Any haunted hotels? Right. There are hardly any hotels in Lansing. What are you talking about?
5: Uh, well, I, I
3: just wonder if visiting teams might have legends when they come into play. Yeah, I know we're not in the International League.
6: But. Maybe only things set up by the home team. Right.
3: Okay. So that, that
0: leads into one of our Twitter questions. So we did have Twitter questions from last time. <laughs> I've handed, since I have a hard time reading, um, <laughs> I've, I've handed this responsibility off to Nikki to help oh us boy. walk us through the poll questions. So why don't we start with the ghost one? Because that okay. was, I don't know if that was the way I numbered it. But, no, it wasn't. Okay.
4: That was number two. But okay. So the question was ghosts. And and 71% of the people think they're real.
5: That's right. Okay. Fascinating. Do you you believe,
4: Jesse, do you believe in ghosts?
5: I am in the minority. I say no such thing. You say
4: no. Okay. Well, am I going through the rest of them? Sure. Okay. What order should I go in? Whatever order is fine. Okay. (laughs) So then another question was, would you have a finger removed in exchange for never getting sick again? from the book of questions.
5: This book of questions question.
4: And the winner was no. 56% of people would not.
5: Can I choose which finger? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure. Then I absolutely would. I'm yeah. I would have perfect yes, health yes. the rest of my life? Yes. Let's well, do it. Why well, I think the question was a major illness or
4: uh, never getting well, sick again not, was the question.
6: Like cold. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was it was a serious illness.
5: Right. If you yeah. could assure me great health from here on out. I would give up a finger. What finger? I'd go left hand. Mm-hmm. And let's go left ring finger. Oh. Because I've heard that pinky is actually more important than you think it would Ugh. be. Looks like you're I married, though. <laughs> I would just have to switch it. That's a good point. Oh, no. Oh, I checked the wrong <laughs> one. It's a good, good relationship. That answer notwithstanding. <laughs>
4: okay. Um uh another one was favorite <laughs> guest host. <laughs> and uh John Selleck won by he had a forty one percent of people. He was followed very closely by Andrea Biteley at thirty percent.
0: You're friends with the Bitely's, aren't you? I understand this. Yeah, they come out to the ballpark. Yeah, they're they're faithful, faithful fans. I love them. Yeah.
4: I feel like there was some
6: collusion on this question. There I was,
0: was some there yeah. was some um some hoagie fogey voting voting going on with that. So Chris
1: Harkins <laughs> yeah. is still the favorite, is that as I understand it? Yeah, that's, um, that's probably who really won. Yeah. Okay.
4: In this room, yeah. Well, <laughs> I w- <laughs> I was only here when Chris uh, for Chris Harkins out of all of these people, so I voted for Chris Harkins. <laughs> and then last, does Matt Rash suck at pronouncing names? Sixty-nine percent of people said yes, he does. Mm-hmm. We've seen today that that's true.
0: Yes, we've seen
5: it often. So
4: I don't know what the 31% are thinking.
5: I like that that 31% has heard you mispronounce names and has said, you know what? I'm still sticking with Matt. <laughs> We're good yeah. with it. We're good with it.
3: What's the Mendoza line for name pronunciation? Ooh. I like, don't know
6: what that means. What?
0: This so, is some
5: inside baseball right <laughs> is <a> sports here. <laughs> 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 is that in the in the, Is that in the thesaurus? The yes. Mendoza line? Oh, it certainly is. Mario Mendoza was a really good fielder who could not hit. Played for the Texas Rangers, among other teams. Infielder. And so I think it was George Brett who, in doing an interview with a newspaper, said, we just always check the newspaper the next day, because the newspaper, they would publish all the stats, and we would see who's batting below the Mendoza line. That is, who's worse than Mario Mendoza? Uh And even after Mario Mendoza retired, the Mendoza line stuck at 200, and you do not want to be below the Mendoza line. It is the line for, I would say, uh, just stick away from that. Forget about quality. It's the line above mediocrity.
0: Well, if I were a baseball player, what was I? I'm batting 30, what was 300? What What'd you say? What did you say? You're batting three ten. What did you say? I was what? 31.
4: 31 th- 31% yeah. of people said no.
3: That's an all-star. I I was baseball. <laughs>
4: well, it's oh, not
0: baseball. I, I got you. What you're <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, see?
3: I'm good. I, I'm more interested in how many names you have to pronounce correctly. Oh. In, in order to be classified as someone who pronounces names correctly often.
4: Well, I voted no. I think he does fine. Yeah, okay. You always <coughs> do stuff like that. You vote incorrectly all the time.
0: <laughs> the last two have been tough. <coughs> Victor
4: you would. No one would ever not you that. You got it now, Looking though.
0: Yeah. I got yeah. it now. And then Ahmed Baji. I got them both now, but
5: they're tough. Yeah. Pressure's off. They're not in the room. I
0: got Strassler wrong the first time I yeah. saw yeah. it.
5: We had a player with the lug nuts named Jason Leblebijian, Armenian okay. heritage, and once per game, I would screw it up. Yeah. Once per game, my tongue would get twisted. Old so number
3: twenty-five.
5: I, so I want to. Ask, so how do you get those names all right? Because especially,
0: I mean, in baseball in general, but I would think especially in the minor leagues, you've got a lot of Latin players, foreign players with names that are sometimes a challenge. How do you figure those out? Strategy
5: just- number one: I bring my recorder down, I turn it on, and I ask the player to say his own name. And then there are some guys who I have learned that I was pronouncing their name wrong during the year. That I heard another teammate call out to the guy, and I, I thought to myself, that's not how I've been saying it. And so I run downstairs, I confront him, and I say, let's get this right. <laughs> I've had parents uh, contact me, coaches contact me and say, that's not actually how he says his name. Because I've found a lot of people don't actually mind if you mispronounce their name. It's, it's okay, they can live with it. There are other more important things. But for my mind, because I'm talking right to the players' grandparents, right to everybody who knows them best, that's an easy way to make myself look like an amateur.
1: I never correct anyone. I hate doing it. There. It's terrible. <laughs> Actually my name is <laughs> No. Just, <laughs> <dumb>. <laughs> just say
5: whatever you want. What do you get? I mean it's it's Bexy. 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 Bexy.
0: Yeah.
5: Hard C. Okay. Yeah. We had a player last year named Maverick Bufo, Maverick (laughs) Stephen Guido Bufo, and the last name was B-U-F-F-O, and so his parents had told me, he had told me Bufo, and then I started hearing during the summer the rest of the players calling him Buffo, and I ran down to find him, and he said, Buffo's good too, and so I then... Messaged his parents, and his parents said, "Bufo, it is Bufo. That's the way it always is, and that's the way it's going to stay." I'm more interested in his first name being Maverick. He was named for the character in Top Gun. Of course he was. And of course, he's got a dog named Goose. Oh,
0: so.
5: <laughs> Poor Goose. He would ride his motorcycle around campus.
3: What position did he play?
0: He was a pitcher. Okay. So, how well do you get to know these players during the course of a year? Because do you,
5: do you ride the bus with them? You go on. You go on road I have trips? an assigned seat on the bus. Oh. Nobody takes my seat. I don't take any players' seats or coaches' seats. I sit right in the middle. I get to know them fairly well. And I'm going to put that fairly in front because I don't want to know the players' warts. I don't want to have reasons why I would dislike them. So I want to get to know them up to a point. And then after that point, it's whether I really like the guy or the guy really likes me. And then, But I have to have a working business relationship with every single person.
6: But you have to get annoyed with them. I mean... You're on the bus with them for, a l- I mean, it's only in the Midwest, but still, you spend a lot of time on a bus with, what, most of them are in their early 20s?
5: At youngest, 18, and at oldest, 25. So, but you're
6: just so nice that you're just never mad at them. Well, and Just like, you'd, Nick would be like that, too.
5: It doesn't serve me well to get mad. And I especially, even if I get annoyed at them, I really don't want them to get annoyed at me because that wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. But they all get annoyed with each other. So on your your Mount Rushmore of baseball play-by-play voices, who would you put on there? I would start with Vin Scully. I think he's the obvious choice. I grew up listening to John Miller calling Baltimore Orioles games, and I think Miller is outstanding. I think Dan Schulman up in Toronto and voice of ESPN Sunday Night Baseball for years is tremendous. And then as my fourth person, you know what? I'm going to put Red Barber. There are a lot of other great choices all across the country, the way that Barber would describe things, his turns of phrases, and his impact on everyone who came after him, I think, was enormous. Do you have a particular idol in the business that you look up to? Growing up, it was John Miller because that was the voice of Baltimore Orioles games was John. It was Fred Manfer or Joe Angel or Jim Hunter later, and it was the old-timer, the man with the glorious baritone, Chuck Thompson who had been calling Orioles games since the 1950s, former broadcast partner of Ernie Harwell. The thing about Ernie Harwell, and especially living in Michigan and growing up a Detroit Tigers fan in Maryland, uh, why didn't I put Ernie on my Mount Rushmore? And the answer is, I did not listen to him. I, he was not on my airwaves in uh, Maryland. I didn't hear Detroit Tigers games. But when I came to Michigan, I moved to Lansing in 2009, I did have the chance to sit down with him and meet him. And my favorite thing about Ernie was like a Scheherazade of sorts, he could hide a story inside of a story. So he would tell me about this brawl that he was calling in Brooklyn and the pitcher, who would later have his nose bitten off. So this pitcher had thrown a curve, and now I'm stuck in another story that he just tossed out there just as a side effect. All of those different ways that a person can tell a story, I'm lured in by the expert storytellers.
0: And that's a that's that's got to be more of a radio thing, too, than a a TV thing, because you're not you don't have any pictures. You're having to fill space and fill time because the the viewer isn't able to see what's going on. They're just kind of waiting to, you know, there's a lot of time in a baseball game that can go with without.
5: I'll say yes and no. Yeah. On radio. Yes. You do have to fill all that airwaves, but there's so much of you that has to be focused on. Here's the pitch. Here's the score, because you never know when someone might be tuning in, and you have to stick with those fundamentals. But yes, you have freedom to tell stories. Television, because there are details that are taken care of for you. The score is on the screen now, and there are all sorts of other details that are on the screen. It is upon you, therefore, to supplement the action that people see by bringing in things that folks didn't know. And so you can work with your producer. You can work with the camera operators and say, get a shot on his mother. There's a story about his family that I want to tell right now, and it's everyone working together. You actually can hear just as many stories on television, but they can get obscured because of the picture. Have you done TV? I have uh, from the very first opportunities. I was just on television doing Central Michigan men's basketball this winter and having such a great time. Cool. So have you watched Brockmire?
1: I've been sitting here thinking about that the entire time. I've
5: never watched the actual episodes on Hulu, but I watched what brought it to the fore, right? I Is it am, College Humor? What am I thinking of? The, what's was, the website? Funny or Die. Funny or die. Yeah. So I've watched all of that leading up to Brockmire, the show. And I've watched excerpts of the show. How realistic is that? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs> I'd say a major difference is you would never hear a radio broadcast over the PA, right? Because he calls it so that everybody can hear him. (laughs) The pitcher can hear exactly what he's talking about. The batter can hear exactly what he's talking about. I only heard that in an actual minor league game once. In Brockton, Massachusetts in 2005, we did Salute to Blindness. Hmm. And... We had our PA announcer, we piped in the radio broadcast for that half inning, just so everyone could close their eyes and listen to the radio broadcast. And it was the quickest half inning, because if you were there as the batter and you're hearing the the PA announcer now, the broadcaster, describe, you're batting below the Mendoza line as you step <laughs> in, or... Here's a routine grounder to shortstop. And there's the shortstop waiting on this ball as the voice of God is describing <laughs> it all the way. They did not want to be out there any longer than they had to be. Huh? I can see that being dicey. Right. The added nerves. You Jeez. wouldn't want someone to narrate every little no. part Narrating about you. your life. You. No, thank you. That's creepy. And tossing in little things from time to time like, you know, it's been a bad week for Laura. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be rough. Nick's checking Twitter again. <laughs> Buffo. <laughs>
0: So what is more fun to call a pitcher's duel or again, 11,
5: 12, 12 to 11 slugfest. The pitcher's duel takes care of itself. All I've got to do is say what's going on and it fills it in. It's like a stadium that is full with the energy supplied by the fans. I don't have to say a thing. Here's the pitch down low. And then the fan fills it all in. If the crowd is small, Or if there's lagging in emotion, if it's a humid day and nobody's feeling it, that's what really tests me. But a game that, let's say, is 12 to 11, again, the action is taking care of itself because all I've got to do is say, here's what's happening, and you're right along with me. So 12 to 11 and 1 to nothing, I think both of them make the job really easy for a broadcaster.
6: What do you think the biggest lesson you've learned? You've been in here for 10 years with the Lugnuts and you've been a couple of places before that. So what do you think you've learned? And I know you've taught a lot of a lot of other broadcasters that have moved on to
5: boil it down, find the most important thing and tell that without skipping around the point. Don't warm up to it. Just say, here's the most important thing, because on radio, I treat it like a telephone call. I've got the phone to my ear. I'm talking to someone I care about, someone I know, a friend, a family member. Here's this player stepping up into the batter's box, and here's something important about him. Did you know that this player's sister is an accomplished painter in Asheville, North Carolina? The pitch, a little low, ball one. She's an impressionist. She burst onto the scene a couple of years ago, and now she's the newest rising thing. The next offering, ground ball down to first base, picked up by Johnson to his left, steps on the bag, and there's one gone. Not a work of art there, and we... But it's, <laughs> But you boil it down and you say, what is something that is actually interesting? What is something I care about? So I think that's number one. And then the second thing is I've got to supply my own energy because the game won't take care of the energy itself. If I'm not bringing energy to the broadcast, then I'm lost. And then anyone listening in is going to feel just as, I guess, uh, enervated as I am. You seem to have a hard, hard time with that, the whole energy thing. <laughs> you're pretty, you're pretty low-key. <laughs> but I would argue that that's something I've worked on. Just like we were talking about the lessons that I've learned, I've had to learn lesson after lesson after lesson each year. When I first started, I had, back in my high school days, I acted, and I especially acted in Shakespearean dramas, and I had to learn don't enunciate quite so much. So then I tried not to enunciate so much, and I was told by somebody... You're slurring your words all together. You need to make sure that everything is clear and we can take that to energy. You don't want it to be too high. It can't be too low. So all of those little happy mediums that a person has to find that they have to walk, that all contributes to just getting out of the way. You want someone to enjoy it but not realize why they're enjoying it.
4: I was actually gonna ask you if you've worked on your enunciation because just sitting here talking, you're enunciating everything very clearly Is that just, I mean, I assume that's part of your job, but that weaves itself into your everyday speaking voice as well.
5: It comes from theater in high school. Okay. It very much comes from that. But if you caught me talking to, let's say my brother, you would hear me slurring and drawing a lot of words because when I don't think about it, my tongue gets lazy. And so instead of saying, I don't know, I'll say, I don't know. Or (laughs) a difficulty that I have is saying THs. And I'll just drop in a D or a TH there instead, or, or a Z there instead. So the lug nuts, I have to really concentrate on saying T-H, the, instead of duh. Uh, so that's something that I very much think about is, yes, how am I saying different things? And how am I making sure that my tongue isn't lazy? But also you're not thinking to yourself, boy, this person is trying very hard to say his T's, t- Etc.
4: Right. No, because I just, I feel like I'm a very lazy person when I talk. I like just, just slurring <laughs> yeah. together. It's comfortable. And I can't imagine having to enunciate that much. So I just like hats off to you for that because it seems like a lot of work. Are you a great talker? You are a great talker. You talk good. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: How tired are you after a game? Is it, does it work or are you done and it's like, no big deal? I am
5: mentally drained, I'm vocally drained. So I don't want to think, and if I'm talking to somebody, I'm conversing with them, let's say my wife, let's say my parents, my brother, my sister, my friends, I will say to them, please carry the conversation. I don't want to talk. It absolutely exhausts me. And I'd compare it. It's the same thing as running on a treadmill. After you've gone for a certain amount of time, you can't run anymore. Your body needs rest. My brain needs rest. If I've done a good job, that means that my brain was active for at least three hours.
4: Do you do anything to um, amp yourself up before, or anything special with your voice, any kind of routine?
5: I Yes, I've learned different vocal routines. Here's a silly one for you. Uh, I was in synagogue and my wife was there next to me and she she mentioned to me, your voice is deeper when you sing than when you talk. And that's when I started thinking, I think I use my diaphragm better when I'm singing these prayers. I need to think about the way that I'm talking and see if how can I use my diaphragm better? How can I better breathe? And so I will warm up sometimes with some Hebrew prayers just to get myself in that same kind of mental shape. That'd be fun, awesome. to, fun to slip in over the air accidentally one night. Here's the other difficulty I gain, just like everybody else being human, energy from food and drink. Like you eat, you drink, and that gives you energy. Well, if you eat or drink the wrong thing, it gets in your throat or it coats your mouth or whatever it might be. Fruit, after I eat fruit, I've learned I just cannot talk properly. Or ice cream coats your throat or popcorn, the kernels stick there. And so I have to make sure that I've eaten it and had enough to drink. But I have to also make sure that there's that buffer zone between when I eat and drink and when I talk. So that's something I very much have to make sure I, I take care of.
6: Well, even timing, like... What, are you going to take a bite and then <laughs> call the next play? That's very difficult. I,
5: I worked with somebody in college who, yes, he ate a full sub while broadcasting a game.
6: <laughs> I'm sure that <laughs> sounds great. Right? Exactly. <laughs>
5: Don't talk with your mouth full. But during a game, let's say if it's a long game, four hours plus, let's say if it's a hot game. It's in the thick of summertime and we're in some place that has zero air conditioning. So I am just there in that humidity under the broadcast booth. That air has nowhere to go. I will drop out of the broadcast booth during a commercial break, run, get some food, and I will eat during the game to make sure that my energy is high. I'll keep some granola bars near me, something like that. Did you
1: always want to do this? Did you always want to be a a broadcaster?
5: I think that the first time that I can remember wanting to be a broadcaster, Mm -hmm. it was a twin dream with wanting to write. And I didn't know which one I wanted to do most. So when it came time to start college searching, that's when I started thinking about the ambition. Before that, it was just, I'm going to keep on doing everything that I enjoy. Up College searching time, now I need to pick a major. Now I need to pick a field. And I didn't know if I wanted to go into creative writing or I decided, why not sports broadcasting? I listened to it. I watched it all the time. I love sports. Let's do this. And uh, I contacted my local minor league baseball radio broadcaster. I bought a mini cassette recorder. He allowed me to go into the spare broadcast booth. I recorded a game. I was terrible. (laughs) First batter hit a home run. I botched the call. I stopped it. I pressed rewind. I started to record again, and I tried that home run call again. But afterward, I decided this is what I want to do. And so when I chose colleges, I specifically attended the one that said I could get on air my very first week. So that way I could throw myself into the pool and try to swim.
1: What's your dream gig?
5: Dream gig is to push this as far as it can go. So if that means major league baseball radio broadcaster, that would be a joy. But as long as I'm calling games, I'm happy. I just want to make sure that I'm tapping into the best of my potential and ability as well as I can. Has baseball always been your first love? Yes, thanks to my parents, especially my father. I, everyone, when you're a kid in my family, you would get a baby doll that was named after you. So I had my baby Jesse as a toddler, and you get your ba- uh, baseball glove. So I'd have my glove, and people would throw me things, and I would get trained how to throw a, be- uh, uh, throw a ball. Not that I'm any good at it, uh, but, yeah, baseball right from the very start. You mentioned how... It- after you've
3: talked for 3 or 4 hours you have to take a break and you, you, someone else needs to carry the conversation does it have the same effect with you on your love for the game so for instance can you go home after a ball game and turn on the tigers or turn on you know turn on the, the dodgers game um, on, on ESPN or are you all baseballed out after you've after you broadcast the
5: second i'm baseballed out yeah and i am less of a fan of the major leagues now not because i've lost my love for it but because I don't have the time to process and giving into knowing the teams and knowing the players and knowing who's good because my job consists of me entirely immersing myself in the Lansing Lugnuts, the Midwest League, and the Toronto Blue Jays minor league organization. So after a game ends, I will pick up a book, a murder mystery, a cool piece of middle grade fiction, whoever knows what it is, a graphic novel, comics, whatever floats my boat that night. Or I'll Netflix a TV show or something to that sort. I love my superhero comic book movies. Something to get away from baseball. Yeah. <clears throat> I think we
0: should leave. The should room we delve now. into that? We should just <laughs> leave you two alone here to talk about your comic books. <laughs> Speaking of books, should we hit the book of questions? Yes. Book of questions. Book of questions. So. So we. This is the fourth fourth episode now that we've introduced fifth 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 fifth. fifth, 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 yeah. book, fifth Entree into the book of questions. So this is, is is aptly named. It is a book of questions. And you need to pick a number between 1 and, 200 and
6: 17.
0: 217. seventeen. Two hundred
3: 38. Shoot, that's what they picked last week. No, it's not. Yeah. No, but I did cover <laughs> up the ones we did. Okay,
6: that's good. So smart. we don't have that problem. Okay. If you went to a dinner party and were offered a dish you had never tried, would you want to taste it even if it sounded strange and not very appealing? It's- Let me preface that with, Don't worry about whether it's kosher or not. Okay.
5: So this is a a decision that I have changed as I've gotten older. As a kid, absolutely not. As an adult, I'm now more experimental. I would. Interesting. That is the worst question. It is incredible that we are just cycling through the worst this book has to offer. You know I would
6: never try it. I would probably make up an allergy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It depends yeah. on
0: what it's called. It terrible question. Laura was like, can I have some ketchup with that? Can
5: you pass some ketchup? Right. Yeah, I'm, I'd go with the ketchup as well as you. But yeah, I would, I've would. i done a lot more eating of different things that I've never had before in the past couple of years than I did the whole rest of my life.
6: Well, I'm glad one of us has matured.
3: <laughs> I found having kids has forced me to try more things. Because mm. yeah, you're trying to de- develop in them a, a sense of, you know, I you want them to I eat whatever. Put what are in front you eating? I thought you would just have <laughs> You know, I'll eat whatever they're eating. I'll I'll eat whatever my seven year old eats now. If he's eating okay. carrots, if he's eating carrots and hummus, I'll try some carrots and hummus. chicken tikka masala. He's like, hey dad, yeah. try this. I What's that called? Yeah.
0: <laughs> is there a is there a f- food a staple at one of these ballparks you travel around that you go? Oh, I can't wait to get to Kane County because they have the best something.
5: Soft pretzel. Kane County has a cinnamon and sugar soft, pre- uh, soft pretzel that's big. It's delicious. It's just wonderful. That's your favorite, your favorite visiting stadium food? Let's see. Because I try not to eat too much at the stadium itself, it's not going to be healthy. Um, I was told by my doctor, hey, you need to start getting much more healthy than you currently are. Yeah, you're,
0: you're pretty much surrounded by bad food all the time. It's or, no good, right? Yeah. It's
5: no bueno. So I'll, I'll drop by, let's say, a Subway when we first arrive, or a Panera, and I'll get a tuna sandwich, and I'll have half for lunch, and I'll bring the other half to the ballpark. But in general, if I can find a salad wherever we go, at one point the West Michigan Whitecaps had kosher hot dogs. I loved that. There have been some really good fish tacos elsewhere in the league. But by and large, I've learned that I can't count on the stadium food because it will be delicious, but it won't be the sort of healthy choices that if i continue to make that that the season is going to be a, a great time for my body
3: west michigan also has that killer burger right it's like f- like the five fifth patties third burger. Right, the fifth third burger
5: it is what 20 25 dollars i think they just retired it i don't oh, know if it's shame. coming back do you know how large this burger is like one person ate it right i mean I, nobody could complete the, the thing. our bullpen ate it together. That's how large it is. 20.25 $20, and it's I believe 500% of your daily caloric intake.
4: What? How many ounces was it?
5: It is an enormous hamburger. It Do is we know, they like, take every single thing that they can find at the ballpark and they put it oh, all on it. <laughs>
6: See, that's gross. I mean, the size of it's one thing, but stuffing all those other things in my burger? No. Yeah. But I will say that soft pretzels are my thing at a ballpark. Anytime we go to any sporting event, I have to get a soft pretzel
5: can i tell you what i discovered in bowling green kentucky there is i kid you not and this is the perfect combination for me the soft pretzel and smoothie company and what do they serve nothing but delicious soft pretzels various flavors and smoothies so i i love visiting you should
6: get a smoothie place downtown lansing to make soft pretzels pretzels. and (laughs) there's a new lunch spot Mm -hmm.
0: okay well, I hope the season goes well. A couple a uh, couple weeks away it's for
5: opening day. When's opening day? So April fourth we open on the road at Fort Wayne. Ah, and then Fort April Wayne. the sixth, home opener in the a Saturday. You a big fan. I am big t- I'm from Fort Wayne. Why are they the tin caps? Johnny Appleseed. Oh yes. Yes, that's right. They had nothing to do with their tenth anniversary.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Way to just wrap it up. Do you know what?
5: Fort Wayne changed their name from the Wizards to the Tin Caps in two thousand nine. Oh really? yes I remember
0: when the Wizards came to Fort Wayne and I was I think I was in high school and I remember we were, it was for my high school graduation my parents bought like 30 tickets for all my family that was coming in and the, ball, the game got rained out and so I had 30 rain checks and so I went to all summer long I went to see the, the Wizards because I had 30 rain checks that I could go whenever I wanted.
5: their brand new ballpark their team that's the best place to go that's great. in the minor leagues yeah. it is wonderful yeah. well thanks for stopping by Thank you very much for this having. It's been me. fun, Jesse Goldberg
0: Strassler, the voice of the Lansing Lugnuts. Uh, you've been listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast, and we'll be right back.
1: I wanna know what you got. I wanna know what the anniversaries are and what your gifts were. I could have a whole fifteen minute discussion about I that. Would, I would have They're to... all stupid. Isn't there one like that's like straw? <laughs> like aren't the first no. like fifteen just. I thought you
2: his gifts were all stupid. He did. He just said I I bet
1: your gifts were all stupid. It's our four year anniversary, it's twine year. I
3: mean like I would have to go back through. I'd have to look at the list again. I could I'm sure I could remember. I feel
4: like we should start recording this.
3: No, we shouldn't. Isn't
4: the first is the first one paper?
3: The second one, I believe, is paper.
4: What's the first one? You should. I remember hey, we're the going. first few no, being I'm, really lame. I'm not, being sure. like, I'm not doing this. Oh,
1: what, what did what was paper? What'd you get her? You Some
3: origami. You don't want me to tell you.
6: Yes, I do. A book. I <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: I wrote her a book of poetry.
6: Oh,
4: that's so <laughs> nice. It
3: it was <laughs> it was it was haiku. I did, I wrote an entire book of haiku. Oh.
4: Haiku.
3: That's great. Yeah, cool. I,
6: I, I I love how <laughs> I wrote, I wrote resistant on, you were to selling it. I wrote
3: know. it on paper and uh, and I wrapped it up in paper and I gave it
6: to did you. Did you bind it?
3: I bought actually a leather a fancy leather <laughs> book oh God, with blank just... pages and I wrote one haiku on each page. I had them like you know broken up by different topics and I put Do a You lot still of thought try into it. this hard? What? <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> of course he does.
3: He will forever. He's a machine. He's not real.
1: I couldn't. I. It's just funny. I couldn't be
3: more different than you. I just. I would never ever do that. Well, you just haven't met the one. That's incredible. Inco- I mean, does she so give you paper? Someday, like someday you'll you'll meet a girl who you want to write um, haiku um, for. Definitely, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um,
5: <laughs>
0: I think. <laughs> sitting here in the middle of this room and, and you, no one who's listening can see, see this but Nick and Joe are to my left I'm in the middle Laura and Nikki are to my right and to hear the reactions when you <laughs> said a book of poetry to Joe's cackle to Nikki's oh at the exact same time it was just priceless yeah take your time
1: let your mind move to sweeter times the sweeter times say.
0: So are you all packed, Stephanie?
2: I am. I am all packed. Where are you going? Italy. Italy. I'm going to Rome and Florence and Venice. We're going to spend four days in Rome and then three days in the other two areas.
4: Are you going to the Vatican?
2: Yes. Yes. And I'm very excited because um, we have the tour of the Vatican, and then I also heard and got tickets for... Um, the Scavi which is this area underneath the Vatican where um, the first Vatican was built and they just kind of built over the top of it so mm-hmm. it's all this excavation stuff mm-hmm. and they actually have the the um, verified bones of Saint Peter down there so you can go down and look at them
3: the, how do they they've they verified that they're mm-hmm. Saint. Peter's bones they do I a DNA test how do I they, don't know how they did it 23 and me
2: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's it ancestry.com did you do that? You've been to Italy,
4: right? No, we're going in August. Oh. So you have to give me all the tips. Oh, okay. We're just going to Rome. Okay. Not all the other cities.
1: I didn't know that. Why are you going? Just because?
4: We're going on a Euro trip. And I, you know that, Matt. I told you <laughs> this. <laughs> <laughs> For two weeks, we're going to London, Paris, and Rome in August. That's awesome. Yeah. So we're doing Vatican and an Imperial Rome tour. Um, I think we have that too. Yeah.
1: I'm yeah. not going to Europe anytime no. soon. No. Don't worry about
3: it. Me either. You going anywhere? I, Europe. I, I, I I've never been. It'd be fun, but. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I never really saw myself going to Italy. I it was never really a place I wanted to go. I've been to London, and that was that was everything to me. I would go back there in a hot second. Um, but Penny wanted to go, and my husband doesn't fly, so m- my shot of getting over there with a traveling companion was pretty much Penny, and she and I traveled together before, and we do pretty well. So. Um, Took her up on it, and so we'll go check it out. Would your husband take a boat? Yes, but we don't have the six months necessary yeah. to <laughs> sail to Europe, <laughs> do the grand tour with our trunks and our valet. <laughs> and <laughs> so. I thought
1: I thought you said you were thinking about Christmas in London at some point. We've talked about it forever. Okay. Okay. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. Is this a,
0: a Dickens thing? Uh, uh, maybe not in my mind. No, in Brenda's, maybe. Yeah, Brenda. we've talked about it. We've talked as a family about it going forever, but I don't know if it'll it'll happen. You maybe should.
4: it will be fun.
3: Isn't it always wet though?
0: I just. It
4: might no. not actually be snowing around Christmas, though. Hmm. Yeah.
2: When I was in London, it was well, it was April, but it was beautiful. Yeah. It was so sunny and so so gorgeous.
1: Just do it. Just spend all the money and go. Just do
2: it. Yeah, you okay. YOLO. Okay. Yolo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I'm glad you got to fill us in cuz you missed you missed us yesterday.
2: Yeah, and I missed the metamora one too. Yeah. So,
4: I've been we We're starting to wonder. Yeah, we are wondering if these are on on purpose.
2: No. No. <laughs> I just have I have a lot going on.
3: Very important client work just happens to be scheduled in the middle of podcast broadcasting
2: time. Yes. Well, the one the one yesterday was cuz I had to go pick up Don from jazz band. That was not client oh. work, but jazz band. That's legit. You missed <laughs> out. Yeah, well, I'll listen to it.
3: What instrument does Don play? He is clarinet. A per-
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, I played clarinet in the jazz band. Oh, <laughs> did you? I did.
2: <laughs> no, he plays. He plays the drums and the piano, and it's it's kind of funny. We've been getting him piano lessons for the last year. Our neighbor teaches, and so he goes over there, and I never hear him practice. And so my lecture to that kid for a year has been will you, we're paying money for these lessons you need to sit down and practice this is ridiculous I'm not going to waste my money if you're not going to do it and the other night the neighbor called and she said I just want to tell you how wonderful your son's playing is and how hard he's been working and I'm like what and I completely forget the two hours between the time he gets home from school and the time I get home from work evidently he's playing the spending the entire time playing the piano wow. and so he is becoming quite a little musician. Awesome.
4: Wow. That's impressive. Could you still play the clarinet, no, Nick?
2: No. Sure, you could. It's like riding a bike.
1: I haven't d- been doing the fingering exercises. <laughs> I haven't been. Or the
3: tongue. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's been 20 years. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I apologize listeners There's We do we, do, we do, we joke. done, we done. <laughs> there is a, Everyone
3: in this room other than me is the worst You're all just the worst oh, uh, Nick, Don't act like you didn't Nick. walk right into that I,
4: I acknowledge <laughs> Genuine I did When you said all of those things <laughs> They just passed right over you Total
3: mistake oh, God. Mm-hmm. I've advocated for a while that we get a quote board in here And I, that one might have been stuck on it But Usually, it's are not you going to
2: leave our listenership hanging? I'm not yes. sure how to describe <laughs> no, they, the they can piece it together. <laughs> <laughs> Nick wanted to talk about clarinet playing. I, That's I all I'll say. He
0: was giving us a parable in clarinet, in clarinet playing. and, and
3: what, what, was it, what Why did you start telling it? It's like <laughs> when you're going to mess something up, <laughs> I just don't. keep looking. I don't. If, if you make a mistake. Oh, just keep keep up the act. As if you squeak your instrument, right? Continue going through the motions and don't not the way you phrased it. Don't because I'm making this better. Don't go looking around and and you know take your mouth off of the instrument and and you know huff and puff. Just keep continue on as if nothing had happened, and then no one will know that you're the one that made the mistake. Right. which is what some people in this town should adopt as a policy.
2: Yes. It's a good policy Mm. for all of us. Yes.
0: And a perfect ending (laughs) to this entire episode. Okay. Um, I doubt you're still listening to the Cold War podcast. (laughs) But if you are, this has been the Rest Strategies team. I want to thank Jesse Goldberg Strassler, the voice of the Lugnuts, for stopping by. Um, And we'll talk to you next time. Let it roll
6: till the better moments, the better moments shine, you don't really want to be the one to miss, you don't really want to be the one to miss, they're coming up around them